0: Since 9-11, the Tunnel the Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget.
2: Tunnel the Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young kids, builds specially adapted smart homes for severely injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness.
0: David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades-in-arms nor the efforts of his first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor.
2: Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash Clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
0: Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck Solo Today because our main man Clay Travis is on a wonderful vacation in Italy with the family, so he's having a good time. We got a lot of news to get to, my friends. The Dow took a five hundred point dive today as the banks are looking shaky. That that I, I got to tell you, I don't think we are we are out of the woods. I don't even think we're near the beginning of the end. As Churchill said, we may be near the end of the beginning uh we've got biden doing what exactly with all this in the background a russian fighter jet collided yesterday with a us drone over the black sea a lot of people talking about how we're going to confront russia over this i don't know we're we're giving 100 billion dollars a year to russia's enemy in a war i mean i think i think that's enough of a confrontation i don't think we can do much over the drone we shall discuss that though a conundrum for Wellesley College. Some of you know Wellesley. It's the alma mater of uh, Hillary Clinton, among others. Wellesley College trying to figure out the uh, critical question. Matt Walsh, of course, asked it so eloquently and importantly in his documentary. What is a woman? Wellesley does not really have a very good answer right now because the students want trans women as in men, to be allowed into Wellesley. So that's causing some issues. We will certainly discuss that. A high school in Vermont, speaking of gender issues, didn't want its girls to compete against a team that had a male, a boy, on the team. And now they're banned from the entire athletic conference in Vermont. We'll discuss that. And something's come out about What's going on with fentanyl and Mexican pharmacies that we definitely need to speak about? We've got our friend Stephen Miller, formerly senior advisor in the Trump White House, really the architect of Trump border policy. He'll be with us at one Eastern today. So or I should. Yes, that's right. Uh, So that's in about an hour or so. He'll be with us. So we got a lot to get into, but I, I have to start with where are we on the meltdown of the economy is it going to happen or not i hope it does not and that somehow we're able to watch and applaud as the people in charge are raising rates just well enough and fast enough to tame inflation without sending us into a recession is it even really possible i guess we're going to find out Meanwhile, though, Daily Mail has this headline: S and P cuts First Republic to junk status, sends the New York Stock Exchange into a frenzy. America's big four banks are dropping a little bit in share price. Wells Fargo down four point eight percent. Citigroup down four point nine percent. Credit Suisse is looking like it's in some real trouble. Thirty percent, massive, uh, massive Swiss. Bank is is looking rough right now, thirty uh, percent down, all in the wake of the SVB collapse. So, has this all been handled? No. Do we know what's going to happen? No, we do not. But there are some people out there who tend to be tend to be very prescient and have been right when it counts about the economy because they have to make money because they have shareholders or investors in the case of you know, hedge funds uh, who expect there to be the upside of being right not the downside of oh i almost got it right and then losing people money carl icon he is a very famous financial figure he's out there telling everybody he's a he's a financier man i w- that would be cool now, that's like the next level you know financier is like being called a mogul you know you're if you're a Hollywood mogul, you're a big deal. If you're a financier, because it's French, it's fancy, you know? Carl Icahn says the system is breaking down and we got a big problem. Play three.
3: Our system is breaking down and that we absolutely have a major problem in our economy today. And I'm not going to abide on whether or not you bail out a bank or something like that. But you can't have the country feeling it doesn't matter if they save. It doesn't matter because they can spend all the money they want. They can do whatever you want because the government will bail you
0: out. So we got we got a couple of problems here that have not been solved by the actions on, on the banks. And again, I'm, I'm focusing in on this. There's other things we're going to get to today. We're going to make sure that every day you're here, you're getting all the most important news, of course. But this affects everything else. I mean, this is the one issue right now that is entirely short of nuclear war breaking out with Russia, this is the thing that you can't avoid no matter who you are, where you are in this country or really anywhere in the world the possibility of a major uh, catastrophe in the U.S. economy. Now, I don't think it would be the end of the U.S. economy. I'm not a catastrophist overall but what does it look like if you see a who knows, actually, I was going to say, if you were to see a massive drop in the stock market, or are we just going to see inflation continue until we get to a point of real stagflation, where you have rising inflation. We've had this before, right? Rising inflation and uh, low or negative GDP growth and high unemployment. Stagflation is ugly. Stagflation grinds away at, the day to day sense you have that you can get ahead and, uh, and things are going to get better. It, it almost forces the, the entirety of, of everybody involved in the U S economy into a perpetual bad mood and even some despondency. People are going to be really concerned. Stagflation stinks. Persistently high inflation with high unemployment and a stagnant demand for Uh, or within a country's economy. So low growth, low productivity, high inflation. And what you see here is how can we try to avoid, as I've said, the bill coming due. Let's just do a quick recap. And there were people, there were some of us who were warning about this all along. This This ties directly to our COVID response, directly to the Biden administration's reckless spending as well. I know the COVID response started under Trump. There was way too much money spent. We should never have locked down the whole uh, PPP program. Think about this. If you could just pay workers to stay home, send them money with no attendant productivity, not making the products, not providing the services, why wouldn't we just do that all the time? Obviously, there is cause and effect here. You, know, you squeeze the balloon at one side and the air gets pushed to another. Something happened when we were doing this and it took a while for the bill to come due, but that's where we are right now. And you have these, these banks. I mean, the whole banking system based on lending and being able to get back a percentage that has effectively, by the very low interest rates pushed by the Fed, that has been minimized at best. So what have they been doing? Where have they been going? And where are we going to look next to find that there's some massive unforeseen liability that creates a cascading financial hole that brings down a whole lot of other stuff around it? Inflation itself, by the way, is is enough to do tremendous damage. It has been doing damage. We're all paying right now. The, The dollars that you have worked for, that have been sitting in your bank account for the last, well, however many years now but the dollars that you have been working for every month are worth less sitting in your bank account as you know so that so saving is punished spending is rewarded that's a really bad system you add on top of that speculation is rewarded for the banks and now we know we are in a de facto backstopping of all accounts held in all US banks. That is the message that has been sent. No one will say otherwise if some because if some other bank were to fail, and it could very well happen in, in the days and weeks ahead, the same argument's going to be made. Oh my gosh, you have to get bailed out. The depositors, it's not their fault. Well whose fault is it? This is what you really start to get to. And I don't I don't mean that it is the depositors' fault, but someone's got to be held at fault. If they're not, you know what happens? More of this. And everybody who sees this for what it is understands that the likely outcome is more recklessness until people who do it feel pain. And unfortunately, as we all know from 2008, the most reckless people didn't really feel very much pain at all. The banks that were on the precipice of destroying the entire global economy, creating a massive credit freeze, and God knows what would have followed that, but Back to inflation. Again, Carl Icahn, financier, telling everybody that if you look at history, inflation has been the destruction of many societies. Play four.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's the last few days, necessarily. I think we have some major problems in our economy. I think power really has to raise interest rates sooner or later. I mean, I can't talk about next week or even next month, but I, inflation is the worst thing an economy can have, and I think people underrate that. If you look in history, every hegemony has been destroyed by inflation or almost everyone. I mean, just go back to Rome.
0: Here's what ends up happening. The central government, the bureaucracy becomes too powerful, is unaccountable, And the people who think that they're dealing with a representative government and talking about now, whether it's a republic or some form of democratic rule, it just turns into an arms race for who spends the money better because you can't win against the other side. You can't win saying there is no Santa Claus. So now everybody has to say there is a Santa Claus. Everybody has to promise the free lunch. What does that look like? I think it looks like $31 trillion in debt, give or take. You know, the Republican Party right now, no one's talking about this. But the truth is, you cannot even get elected within the Republican Party, at least this is the belief, talking about any kind of entitlement reform, uh, raising the retirement age, anything like that. Totally, people don't want to hear it, totally opposed to it. Okay, well, so now we're just on the train to see how far it goes and where it ends. You know, that's it. Because there's no political will. To take the medicine. Nobody wants to hear that this is all going to come to a stop at some point. So how do you stay in power? How do you beat the other guy? Well, you say, oh, it's just, the, it's just the rich that are causing the problems. It's just the oppressors in our society that are the issue here. We have endless money to pay for everything. We have modern monetary theory we can apply. And we've basically been running an experiment in modern monetary theory. We just don't call it that. Because when you're spending $6 trillion during COVID to tell people not to work, and then you're wondering what's going to happen, then Biden comes in and spends another $2 trillion, and then another couple trillion on top of that, and wanted to spend $5 trillion. What do we think was going to happen here? And, you know, when ICON discusses inflation, uh this is a tax on all of us. Everyone has to understand that. This is, especially for those who are, uh, who do not have assets, because assets tend to get inflated during these bubble periods. So, you know, if you own a lot of stock, if you own a lot of real estate, you know, you do fine and you're already wealthy. So you can afford it. You know who can afford the tax of inflation the least? People that are just trying to make ends meet. But the moment that you try to say, hold on a second, we have to stop the spending from the government, it's too much it's causing the inflation that is destroying your life savings and making it harder for you to make ends meet. You know what ends up happening? The demagogues win. They say, see, they're just in the pocket of the fat cats. And whatever happened to the Tea Party, you remember that? We had this whole movement, a massive grassroots movement that delivered a stunning victory in the House in 2010. It was all about debt and spending. Now we sit here and we say maybe the people in charge can fix it. Maybe Powell can turn a circle into a square, maybe he can, you know, turn lead into gold, the old alchemy example. I think the answer is obviously no, he can't. So everyone's just going to sit and wait and wonder as we grind slowly toward a recession how we got into this place when really we've known all along. And we can either hold the people in charge accountable and come up with new ways of thinking and new approaches where we just keep running through the same cycle. And I'm I'm of the mind that we're probably just going to do that. We just hope that it's not that bad this time. Biden's in charge, everybody. How does that make you feel? The Biden team is handling this. You know, you've heard us talk about how huge asset managers, names you know, are using your retirement funds to further their ESG agenda. You don't need people playing politics with your retirement funds. You want solid investments and maximize returns for your retirement. State treasurers across the nation sent a message to stop playing politics with pension funds by divesting $5 from some of these companies. Twenty-five states are suing to block this nonsense of climate activism from endangering your hard-earned funds. Republicans on Capitol Hill just passed a bill blocking the Biden administration from allowing these companies from using your money to further their ESG agenda. Conservatives in the House and Senate have your back. But President Biden threatens to veto any bill that blocks ESG madness. These huge firms have a fiduciary duty to maximize returns. They should be held accountable for playing politics with pensions and doing it without your consent. To learn how Consumers Research is protecting all of us from these woke investment firms, go to ConsumersResearch.org. That's ConsumersResearch.org.
2: Helping you separate truth from fiction Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Picks, do it today. with as little as four picks more player action on prize picks now than ever and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured download the free prize picks app and open your account use my name clay for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars download the prize picks app Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
0: There's another narrative out there that you should certainly be aware of when it comes to the banking uh, collapse of last week, the bank that collapsed, SVB, a couple of banks actually, signature as well. Uh, there, there's the reality, the economic reality of a government that spends recklessly – And then debases the currency through inflation. And then we all pay for it anyway. There's that. Or there's the Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, she's out there. She has some ideas here that uh, Congress is actually responsible for this because it is Congress. And I'm sure Trump, too. It's all everything now is Trump's fault because, you know, he was a Republican and he was president. Here she is, uh, play six.
2: What we have is a problem that starts with Congress by opening the door to weaker regulations, then goes to the regulators that very much weakened those regulations, and then to the executives who thought that you could run a bank like any other business and that they could load up on risk in order to improve profitability for the shareholders and boost their own salaries and bonuses. We have to shut that down. Shutting that down starts with Congress
1: tightening up regulations to begin with.
0: Elizabeth Warren is always going to say it's a problem of regulation because she wants to be the one who sets the rules. She and Democrats like her want to be in charge. The real problem here is the government spends too much money. The problem is that the people in charge, meaning Congress and the White House, think that they can spend whatever they want to spend and... There's no real downside because no matter what happens to the economy, no matter what happens to your life savings, they're still in charge, and that is all that matters. They are bribing the public with the public's money and hoping you don't figure it out. That is the fundamental problem. It's not that there's some Dodd-Frank regulation that, you know, on page 7, subparagraph 3 that didn't. It's just nonsense. You own a small business, you may qualify for a tax refund from the IRS, part of a little-known program called the Employee Retention Credit or ERC. The experts at GetRefunds.com have been making sense of this complicated tax refund program, making it possible for you as a business owner to get this refund. Go to getRefunds.com to get started and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. They may be able to help your business, too. There's no upfront charge, either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. It's only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. Again, that website is GetRefunds.com. Elizabeth Warren wants to regulate the banks even more, as if that's going to stop any of this stuff that we see happening here. I know people like to believe, if only the rules are set a certain way, well, you can either let the banks chase profits and deal with the downside of poor decision-making, or you can let the banks... Uh, do whatever they want and and bail them out, but uh, adjusting the regulations here or there isn't going to stop this stuff. Haven't we kind of figured that out, right? Oh, if, if only there was... What is the regulation that is going to be in place that would prevent what we see from happening right now? Remember, the fundamental problems are artificially low interest rates, inflation, and a and a lending system that is based upon yield, based upon people being able to make money. Anyway... Regulation is always the answer, because what is regulation? It is people in a position of authority telling you what you can do. You see this mentality around uh, the issue of all things financial. You also see it when it comes to guns, obviously. Because here's here's the thing. We all know that there is a problem in this country right now with violence. Um, but... The problem with violence does not come from law-abiding gun owners, right? That See, this is the disconnect. The people that are doing the violence are criminals who break the laws on guns and a whole range of other things, too. But so what do Democrats do? Well, we just need more regulations around guns. Let's not deal with the fundamental issue, which would be much more appropriately addressed with putting people who break the law in prison putting people who uh, are violent away for a long time, that would actually help the violence problem. No, instead, let's go after uh, people who are law-abiding gun owners who have someone like me. I own an AR-15. I'm a bad person, according to Democrats, right? Biden here says he is determined, determined to ban assault weapons, and he's going to do everything in his power to take it there. He's going to do everything he can to uh, make sure that that happens. Do we have Clip 10, guys?
3: To pass Play it, universal please. Universal background checks. Eliminate gun manufacturers' immunity from liability. And I'm determined, once again, to ban assault weapons in high capacity magazines.
0: Determined to ban assault weapons. What will that do? Well, if you actually look at any honest study that shows, first of all, assault weapons, modern sporting rifle, whatever, you know, we we get into these terminology, uh, back and forth. People say, well, Buck, there's no such thing as an assault rifle. And then I have to say, well, look, I mean, in California, unfortunately, now there is because they codify these things. They say an assault rifle is and they make it a law. So, you know, depends on where you are. But yeah, of course, it's the big scary guns. That they don't like law, right? It's, oh, my gosh, which account for, I think it's less than 2% of actual violence in the United States uh, involving a firearm. So they're going after a tiny, tiny sliver of the problem and doing something that will do nothing to address that tiny sliver of the problem. And they wonder why we want to ignore them. I mean, you may have noticed, by the way, on a different issue, um, but what was this? Uh This is just a couple of days ago, I think it was. Greta Thunberg, this is on climate change, has deleted. People figured this out. In 2018, when she was, I don't know, 16 or something, and the whole world was listening to her, deleted a tweet saying that climate change would wipe out all of humanity in, unless we stop using fossil fuels by 2023. Perhaps the most famous, sorry, Al Gore, the most famous climate change zealot in the world right now is on the record saying not just crazy stuff, crazy stuff that isn't true. But you see, there's a very similar mentality about dealing with firearms and guns. I can sit here and try to explain to a Democrat like Biden, who, by the way, Biden, this is just this is for the base. This is for the Democrat base. It's not about violence. You have to fundamentally understand that as well. It's not about stopping gun violence. It's actually not what they're doing. Democrats want to ban assault rifles, as Biden just said, because it is a thumb in the eye of their conservative political opponents. Biden doesn't want to ban AR-15s and similar rifles because he really thinks that that's going to... Well, how is that going to stop all the illegal gang banger violence in major American cities, where they're shooting each other with pistols? How is that going to stop any of it? Which is ninety-seven percent of the gun uh, of the you know homicides. Not I'm not talking about even uh, suicides, but it's the gangs, as we know, it's gang members, it's people engaged in crime, it's it's armed robbery, it's home invasion. They're using pistols. So this addresses none of that, which goes to my point. This isn't ultimately about this is a 2024 move for Biden, even just saying this. He also wants to go after gun manufacturers. Um Here he is saying something that is just not only is it somewhat untrue, it
3: is it is in the complete opposite direction of the truth. Uh Play clip 11. Second thing it does, the executive order ramps up our efforts to hold the gun industry accountable. It's the only outfit you can't sue these days. Okay, the President of the United
0: States just said you can't sue the gun industry. That's a lie. And the reality, the truth is that the gun industry is the only industry that anybody knows of or can think of where the illegal use of otherwise lawful and even constitutionally protected products is somehow the fault, the liability of the manufacturer. Right. If 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 you have a person who runs out with a uh a, a chef knife and stabs six people, and this stuff happens, as we know, there are mass murders where it's just the person has a knife. There have been terrorist attacks where it's just a person with a knife. You know, no one thinks they're gonna go out there and you're gonna see a huge lawsuit against the Japanese or German high end steel manufacturer of that knife. Cause that's crazy. We all understand that's that's insane. So why is it that gun manufacturers should be held liable for somebody who you have? I mean, by the way, I know the, I, whatever I say the number, I get yelled at for, for, by people who are like, that number's too low, Buck. I'm like, okay. But you know, you've got 300 million guns in circulation, give or take in the country, firearms. That's a, that is just an estimate. It's probably more. And you have what 60 million, uh, 60 million homes, I think where there's a firearm right now. Something like that. Maybe it's 80 million. That's a lot of people. <laughs> That's a lot of people. And I'm one of them. So I see her and I say, how is this making anybody safer? It's not meant to make anybody safer. That's what you have to understand. It's meant to make lifestyle libs in, on the coasts and in Chicago and, you know, a few other blue enclaves in between feel not just good about themselves because they don't touch the icky, yucky guns, but to feel like. Uh, they're watching their politician, Joe Biden, do something that is meant to just be a slap in the face of people that believe in the Second Amendment. That's the joy they really get from it, because it's impossible to make a serious argument. that This is going to stop anyone from getting shot anywhere based on regulatory changes or executive order or whatever. No honest person would be able to sit down and and with they, they wouldn't be able to withstand the counterargument, which is why there never is an opportunity to debate this stuff publicly. So then why does Joe Biden do it? Because it is meant to be slapping you in the face for the amusement of his leftist donors and lib voters. And that's the whole point. That's the whole reality of it. Once you understand that, that it's really about gun owners and using this as a cultural wedge and and an issue with which to malign them for the amusement of libs then everything else actually makes a whole lot of sense. Oh, man, I need to get a good night's sleep. And you know why I usually do get a good night's sleep? Because of Mike Lindell and his team at MyPillow. The feedback we're getting over their newest product, the MyPillow 2.0, is phenomenal. When they invented the original MyPillow, it had everything you could want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, they're using new technology to give you a better night's sleep. MyPillow 2.0 has the same patented adjustable fill of the original, but now includes a special fabric that is made with temperature-regulating thread you're a hot sleeper you'll absolutely love and benefit from this and they have got a great deal going on right now my pillow 2.0 is priced with a buy one get one free limited time offer you'll want to use our names clay and buck to get this special deal as my at mypillow.com the mypillow 2.0 is 100% made in the USA comes with a 10 year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee go to mypillow.com click on radio listener special square get this buy one get one free offer on the my pillow 2.0 Enter promo code Clay and Buck or call 800-792-3269. That's 800-792-3269 to get your MyPillow 2.0. Now, MyPillow 2.0, the smoothest, coolest
2: pillow you'll ever own. Heard it on the show? Hear more on the podcast. Clay and Buck podcast deep dives. More content, more common sense. Find the guides on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
0: Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose.
2: GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community.
0: Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God.
2: Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
3: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen.
1: how lucky we were to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, Coming up in the next hour, we have Stephen Miller of the Trump White, formerly of the Trump White House, joining us to talk about the border. Uh, You know there's an app for that when it comes to illegal immigration? There's an app now. Uh, there was a hearing this morning where they addressed this up on Capitol Hill. We'll discuss this. There's even more stuff, and it's all bad, going on at the U.S.-Mexico border than people who are paying pretty close attention realize. Uh, it, it's the, the layers of this mess, it just goes deeper and deeper. And Democrats, it's not that they are incapable of fixing it. They have no interest in fixing it. It's important to understand the the major difference there. They don't want this to stop until they are held to account by the voters in a massive electoral landslide where immigration, illegal immigration, is a central issue. They will not stop what's going on. And even then, look, if they decided to stop it, it wouldn't be easy at this point. I know people might want to, they might argue with me on that but the cartels are so sophisticated there's so much money already the human trafficking networks are so um well established that you could you could be serious about enforcing the law at the border it would not be easy it would get a lot better don't get me wrong but you know it would be like a city let's say you have a city that has a crime problem it's out of control because you you know cut the police force in half and all of a sudden you had district attorneys who didn't enforce the law. No one's getting prosecuted. OK, that's going to make things really bad. But even if you turn around, you know, even if you put out the bat signal and Batman shows up, so to speak, and you start cleaning things up. You still got a fight on your hands. And the southern border is such a mess and will continue to be even if you had serious people in charge. And we have. With the Biden regime, deeply unserious people in charge, as you know. 800-282-2882 if you want to chat on the um, phone lines. Also, our VIP email inbox. The team reads them every day. They send them to us every day. You got to become a VIP subscriber at clayandbuck.com. Go check out the site. A lot of fun stuff there. You can also always listen streaming to the show there. But Tom writes in, can you address how the president has the authority to arbitrarily increase the FDIC amount to include all deposits. Okay, Tom, this is important. The president hasn't done that. It is not the case that officially all deposits of all amounts at all banks are backstopped by the federal government. So that's a perception that may be out there, and we talk about how when we say de facto Right, what you're what you're raising would be a uh, de jure, um, which you know it, it would be an official backstopping of all deposits by the federal government. That's not really where we are. What has happened is that we ran an experiment here where a bank was in failure after a bank run, could not meet the demands of depositors. Was now there's also argument you didn't hear a lot about this that a private bank could have come in and bought them. And this gets a bit into the complexities of the system. The, the, the bank in question, SVB, and I know that a lot of woke, crazy DEI stuff, whatever, but the real systemic problem is what I've been talking about, which is interest rates, inflation, and, you know, the debt, the, 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 the bill coming due, right? I mean, that's, that's essentially what we're all grappling with right now. Too much government spending and what happens when you have that. But they, they own these treasury bonds that the bond is a promise to pay back the full amount unless the bond fails. And if US treasury bonds fail, I mean, you, you better be ready. You better have your, uh, you know, your, your shelter handy and you better have plenty. Uh, you're on your own, buddy. Uh, we're in civilizational collapse if treasury bonds fail pretty much. So a treasury bond, let's say you buy, by the way, there are people. I'm not a finance guy. I'm just a guy who reads all day, so we can tell you worthwhile things on the show. So there are people in this audience who know this and much greater. Probably have some tra- guys who trade a lot of T bills listening right now. But the basics of I have bought and sold bonds, so I have been a bond. I wouldn't say bond trader, but you know, I've I've played in the bond market in the past. If if you have a, a T bond and you put ten thousand dollars in it at the end of the bond, you get the full amount of money back. These banks invested in what are still considered very safe so to speak uh investments with treasury bonds but the coupon on them had changed the percentage that you get along the term of the bond and because interest rates had risen the bonds were trading i'm, I'm sorry i shouldn't say the coupon rate changed. the the rate oh see bond math it's hard the uh, way that the bonds were trading changed because of the rise in interest rates overall, and so the bonds were worth less. And when the bonds are worth less, if you have to sell them to deal with a run on your bank from depositors, then you're selling them at a loss currently, even though eventually it would be the full value. I think I've explained this um, correctly. And so it's really a time issue, not an asset value issue. And so a bank could have come in and bought SVB, but instead FDIC and the regulators and they shut it down and they jumped in. There's an argument over what was the right thing there that maybe a bigger bank could have said, no, no, we'll buy SVB and we'll handle this within the private sector. That all said, the backstopping of all accounts is not official. The FDIC, uh, the you know, the FDIC came in and is, is paying for the depositors in this case with a with a fund effect, effectively a fee that banks have paid into a fund and you know they're they're moving money around on the balance sheet to make this bank whole but if you bailed out svb when it failed why wouldn't you bail out any other bank if the argument is depositors cannot be held at fault no matter how reckless a bank is beyond the fdic limits then that has to be the argument for any bank right and so that's why there's this perception that all of your accounts are now essentially FDIC covered. they're not <laughs> and we and we may find out the hard way at some point how much they are not. Um, but that's so it's a perception issue versus a real change in in how the uh, the banking limits have been. That's my understanding of it. I think I pretty much did that. I want to go but let's talk about national security things that I worked in for many years um, and the border, something I know quite well with Stephen Miller. We'll get to that in a couple minutes.